1: The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch- Ch- Chumba. com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for
0: details. The Amcha Podcast. Newsroom. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on Test cricket by armchair critics of the game. In this digest episode, let's take a look at all the international cricket that has gone on, on the India's tour of Australia, on the West Indian tour of New Zealand, as well as some of the interesting cricketing news from around the world. So let's straight away go into the India's uh, tour of Australia. So the third T20 i in Sydney was uh, the game that happened in the interim and uh, of course Australia pulled this one back. So, we know that uh, having batted first in the third T20i, Australia made 186 for the loss of just 5 wickets, thanks to the gatekeeper Wade who made 80 and Maxwell who made another stunning 54. And uh, this meant, you know, uh, this was going to be a very tough chase. Even though it was at Sydney where, you know, it has been mostly high scoring games. I think uh, Kohli did his best in the chase by scoring an 85 after 61. He was supported by Dhawan who made 28. Pandya who made 20 and then thakur Thakutu and who made 17. But the moment again Kohli was dismissed around the 18th over, the game was done. And uh, until he was there, India stood a very good chance of taking this game. But the moment he was dismissed, the game was decided. And with that, you know, the three match T20 a series was decided 2-1 in India's favour. But I think uh, it bodes well for the Indians the way they acquitted themselves in the T20s that, uh, you know, they're getting used to the Australian conditions by the looks of it. But also, when it came to how they performed in the two warm-up matches for the longer version. So, the first one was a bit stark where, uh, you know, it was a low-scoring game and it did not really look uh, very good as far as the Indians were concerned. But uh, I think they learned their lesson and uh, the first one was actually a day game. But the second one was a day-night game with the pink ball. So, I think both were very crucial as far as the practice for the touring party is concerned. The first of these two games. Uh, That was played at the Drummond Oval in Sydney. So, you know, Indians struggled a little. The opener struggled in both innings. But Pujara had a 54 and then Rahane made a useful 100. That showed, you know, at least some of the people who are not taking part in uh, the ongoing cricket on this tour are still, you know, able to find form. And then the bowling did its bit when it got a chance to bowl. But not before uh, Cameron Green, you know, the exciting debutant as far as Australia are concerned in this summer got away with another 100 and reminded the selectors how useful he could be in the test event next week. Payne uh, made 44 and then Naser made 33. So that meant, you know, in the second innings, Indian really did not do that well. Only Rudiman Saha made 54 not out. And there were a couple of 20s, but then India could only total 189. for nine, and Because there was not enough time, they got away with the draw in that game. This was the India A versus Australia game, of course. In the second of the warm-up games, which was a pink ball game, held again in Sydney. This was a day-night one and what sort of very important considering India also played Think Paul Test this tour, right? So, in this one, Indians acquitted themselves much better. So, a very exciting first day uh, had India being all out for 194 where Jaspreet Bumrah top scored with 55 and then Shudman Gill and Prithvi Shaw scored a bunch of useful 40s. This followed by a wonderful bowling performance by the Indian Pacers where, you know, an all-four Pacer attack took out the Australia A side for just 108. Now, this meant Indians had a lot of time in the game to, you know, bet themselves in, also get used to the pink ball. They say the pink ball is tough to face at dusk. So, I think they did this well. In the second innings, Mayank Agarwal scored 61, Shubman Gill 65, Hanuma Vihari scored 100, Rahane 38 and of course, Rishabh Pant came back strongly with the 100 as well. So, this meant the India side set a very challenging target of 473 runs for Australia A and the way it started, it could have been an easy win, it looked like, for Indian team. But then, Ben McDermott and uh, Jack Wildemuth, both of them dug in, scored hundreds. And Alex Carey, in between, also scored a 50. That meant, you know, after having taken three wickets in just 11 hours, Indians were made to toil for the next almost 60 hours. That was a good learning experience, it must be said. Also, when we look at how the bowling went, I think uh, both Mohammad Shami and Jasprit Bumrah went through a couple of, you know, rough patches and then they seem to have found their lengths on these pitches in Australia. Mohamed Siraj also chipped in and Nadeep Saini looked a bit lively if a bit costly. So the spinners sort of were only used in a holding capacity and you know this gives an indication of how India might actually start their day-night test. So it could very well be that India may have four pacers in their 11 and it looks like at least Shami, Jaspi, Bumrah are definite starters. And the way Umesh had bowled in the first practice game, he might come back into the 11 and it might be a toss-up between Siraj and Saini. Considering that Jadeja is actually injured and might not be uh, ready in time for the first test, it looks uh, very highly unlikely that Ashwin may play in the 11. But because Hanuma Vihari can bowl a few overs and we saw that Prithvi Shah if required and Mayank Agarwal as well if required can bowl a couple of overs. So it remains to be seen if India will go with a four-man pace attack or a three-man pace attack and a spinner. We know, of course, that uh, you know somebody like Pandya would have provided the necessary balance, but uh, he's still a few months away from Test match witness We are told, so you know I think uh, the Indian team would be eagerly awaiting his return. So these were, let's say, the ongoing games. But then you look at some of the other news from uh, the same tour. So we know that for Australia, they are having some trouble choosing the opening batters because uh, Warner has been ruled out. You know. And Pukowski, who had another concussion scare in the first practice game against India A, has been pulled out of the squad. And Harris, Marcus Harris, has been put in his place. Unfortunately, Joe Burns, who's the incumbent, uh, doesn't look very confident. He scored just 62 runs across uh, nine innings uh, leading up to the first test. So it remains to be seen if Australia would actually repose their faith in Joe Burns or pull him out and probably... You know, ask someone else in the eleven, like Martin Slavskar or Steven Smith, to do a temporary holding job of opening in the first test when they can fit somebody like Cam Green into the eleven. So this this remains to be seen as far as Australia are concerned. When it comes to India, their opening there, it looks like it could very well be Mayank Agarwal is the incumbent, but with him, it could either be Shubman Gill or. Probably uh, Prithvi Shah. But right now, the smart money would be on Shrugman Gill opening in the first test along with Mayanka Rawal. Pujara at 3. Goli at 4. Followed by Rahane. And then very highly likely Hanuma Vihari. So, then comes the more interesting question. You already discussed the fast bowlers, but who would be the keeper? Now, this is really a million dollar question as far as this tour is concerned because Panth has come back with a strong performance in the last innings of the practice game. But Rudiman Saha is the one who's been continuously impressing, it looks like. So, our pick would be months ahead of Pant. So, let's see if uh, this comes to, uh, to pass on the first uh, test starting day. Apart from this, of course, as a very good news for Indian uh, touring party, Rohit Sharma has been declared fit in the NCA in Bangalore, And then uh, it looks like he'll be flying to Australia in time to join the Indian touring party and will probably get to play the last two tests. So, with Kohli playing the first test and then having to go back home, having chosen a you know, paternal leave, Uh, It looks like this would be a real shot in the arm as far as the Indian team is concerned. and He has been given some exercises for the 14 days that he will be spending in quarantine to strengthen himself, improve his core strength and so on. So that will be very useful for the Indian cricket team. Let's see how this rest of the test tour uh, unfolds. Uh, Now we have to take a look at the West Indies tour of New Zealand. So in the second test, both teams had a few people drawn. So Roach and Dowrich were ruled out and were pulled out of the tour by West Indies because they were injured. Uh, Again, Williamson decided to take a paternal leave as uh, his partner was expecting a baby. As far as the results were concerned, it was pretty much the same on the field as the first test because New Zealand romped on to a comfortable innings in 16th run victory. There was a lot more, let's say, guts that was on display as far as West Indians were concerned. So New Zealand batted first and they were able to make 460 in their uh, first innings thanks to Neil Wagner scoring 66 and uh, at the fag end. but the linchpin of the entire innings was Henry Nichols who made a very useful 174. He was supported well by Will Young who made 43, Darrell Mitchell who made 42 and Kyle Jamieson who made 20. The West Indians bowled really well in patches but they could not keep sustained pressure that is usually required to you know, take a bunch of wickets. Also, it must be said, I think especially Shannon Gabriel and in certain uh, spells, Alzari Joseph were very unlucky. You know, Shannon Gabriel finished with 3 wickets, Alzari Joseph himself took 3 but… On another day, both of these could have taken a 5-4 in the first innings. Shimar Holder, who was debuting, took 2. And Austin Chase finished off the tail with 2 as well. And when it came their turn to bat, it was again a very sorry tail as far as West Indian top order was concerned. Because John Campbell made 14 and Shamar Brooks 14. But apart from that, in the top 5, there were no other big scores. Jermaine Blackwood again uh, counterpunched with 69. And that was the only shining spot as far as West Indians were concerned because they were 113-1 all-out thanks to you know Tim only taking a five4 and then Kyle Jamieson taking a five4 so they were made to follow on because they were so far behind in the game in this time Craig Bradford and uh, John Campbell showed a bit more fight so they took out a bunch of time and 11 10 11 hours in, in the end it's not a lot but it was better compared to what happened before Craig Bradford, it must be said had a very disappointing test like uh, of tour and he just made 24. John Campbell was sort of in the last chance saloon made 68. And then uh, another really big failure on this tour was Darren Rauer who just made four. He was bounced out by Trent Paul, Happened to catch a part of this live and it was very exciting to see Trent Paul sort of is with his tail up. Shamar Brooks made an enterprising 36 but really couldn't carry on. And then Roston Chase had a very fallow series with the bat, which is rather rare for him. Jermaine uh, Blackwood made 20 but then you know the lower order contributed a bit to hold New Zealand up. Uh, Jason Holder finally came good made 61. Joshua De Silva was the keeper who was debuting, made 57, Azari Joseph 24, Chimar Holder 13 but you know in spite of all this useful contributions down the order, it was not enough and New Zealand were able to finish the West Indian innings 16 runs short. When we look at the second innings analysis, Kyle Jamison took 2 more, Trent Bold 3, Tim Saubi 2 and Neil Wagner took 3 as well. So this was another comfortable victory as far as New Zealand are concerned and they have begun to mount a serious challenge for the top two spots in the World Test Championship table, When we look back at it, the two match loss that India had in New Zealand could be very pivotal because as things stand, India have a couple of tough tours, one at home, one away, of course. But, uh, you know, New Zealand have two more tests at home against Pakistan and if they're able to clinch both those tests, they stand a really, really good chance of qualifying for the finals. If you look at some of the outside the field news on this tour, so Ross Taylor has been dropped for the Pakistan T20 ice. Lockheed Ferguson is out with injury. You know, the ouster of Taylor from the T20 squad is a little bit of a surprise. But it looks like, uh, yeah, I think the selectors want to try a few new faces in the 11. So, for example, Daryl Mitchell has been included. fastballer Jacob Duffy has been given a made-in call-up. Mitch Santler will, will be leading the squad. And of course, they'll have a bunch of very exciting faces like Glenn Phillips and Devon Conway who would be coming into the squad for the T20s. Somebody like Taylor or Kane Williamson would have one of these two. Because Ross Taylor, we know, has been fairly consistent. But looks like one of these two are enough in this very exciting T20 squad for New Zealand. As far as Pakistan is concerned, they suffered a blow ahead of the T20 series. Because Baba Razam, it looks like, has injured his finger in the nets. And uh, will sit out the T20 a the of the tour. Uh, it could be sort of a pressing in this case if you look at it that way. Because he has been very consistently performing and sort of always, you know, taking Pakistan to victory, especially in chases. So this is a good chance for Pakistan top order to reassert itself and show what it's made of, right? And also probably someone like Shadab Khan or Imad Wasim to show how good they are when it comes to captaincy. So let's see how this you know, T20 tour unfolds. It uh, starts on the 18th of December and we'll keep you posted in the upcoming game source as well. It looks like the four-day game between Titans and Dolphins in the South African first-class cricket tournament has been cancelled after the first day because one player has uh, tested positive for COVID, this meant the game had to be abandoned. This is not really good news because, uh, as far as South African cricket is concerned, they are in a lot of tough times. And if upcoming tours of Sri Lanka were to be cancelled, you know, that will be a really tough thing. CSA's acting uh, CEO, Kugandri Govender has been suspended. She has been charged with misconduct, and there will be a hearing of this next month. So it looks like she's the second such member because earlier, you know, company secretary, Welsh Kwasa, was also serve notice and asked to step down from his role. So all of this really doesn't board well as far as this interim board is concerned, but we really hope things settle down for uh, South African cricket. In other news related to COVID-19, right? So Chris Lynn and Dan Lawrence, who are uh, currently taking part from Brisbane uh, Heat team, were uh, investigated uh, with respect to a breach of COVID-19 protocol. We know that in Australia, the number of occurrences of COVID has gone down Uh, quite a lot and people are allowed to you know, go to restaurants even players are allowed to go to restaurants but I think they seem to have contributed some COVID-19 related regulation and they were investigated and the outcome is just to be published so what it resulted in this investigation is that Chris Lynn and Dan Lawrence were withdrawn from not playing the game but withdrawn from the squad they were not allowed to participate with the rest of the squad when it came to training and warm-ups also participate with the rest of the squad when it came to sort of celebrating and other team huddles and those things so they were allowed to play the game. So it came across as a bit strange, but this is how it has been decided to be handled. We'll see what the findings of this investigation tell us. We'll keep you in touch about this in that coming episode as well. In the other news, uh, Singapore have been promoted to the global qualifier for the 2022 World Cup, the T20 World Cup, because in a recalculation of the point system, it looked like uh, Singapore have gone above Hong Kong and therefore they qualified to play, you know, from the Asia Pacific region for their 2022 T20 World Cup qualifiers and the unfortunate team to miss out here is Hong Kong who have dropped out and will now play an additional qualifier to get, give themselves a chance of probably participating in one of the upcoming World Cups. Moving on, it's come to our notice that Pakistan women's cricket team will be touring South Africa in January of 2021. So this comes across as a really really positive news as far as Pakistan women's cricket is concerned. Also. It will be the first time South African women's cricketers will get to play uh, since March of 2020. So, this is a really welcome tour and something we will be excited to look forward to. Those are all the interesting news that we wanted to cover in this episode. So, thanks for listening to us and thanks for continuing to give us your patronage. We really hope you know you enjoy the content we share. And if you have any thoughts about it, do let us know. For example, on Twitter at AmshareFootball or via mail, armchair.quickett at gmail.com. So these are some ways you could reach out to us. Also, you could leave a comment in any of the podcasting apps you do listen to us or on YouTube, for example. These are all different ways. Having said all that, it's a goodbye from me and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. The Armchair Cricket Podcast. Newsroom.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.